Ooh, girl. You're listening to Let's Talk. My name is Maxi Battle. My name is Maxime Ibadif, and y'all are listening to Let's Talk, a podcast where we kiki about all the most important political and cultural moments of the day. And welcome to a special bonus episode where we're going to be talking about queer musicians and what it takes for a queer artist to succeed in music business. Because let me tell you, LGBTQ artists are here, they're queer, and they ain't going nowhere, as y'all can see with Lil Nas X and a little stir that he's causing about all the conservatives. And I'm very excited for this episode because my guest is a queer artist in music, a South Florida-based rap artist and club personality, Kezra Leon, who you might not know yet, but you will soon. With a background in musical theater, hip-hop culture, and the club scene, he has forged a truly unique brand. Kezra's niche combination of ostentatious lyrics, stage presence, and gender-defying aesthetic has landed him on stages with big names like Cupcake, whom I adore, Best Dick Sucker is My Anthem, Big Frida, and Marc Rebillier, all before releasing his debut single, Big Mad, in 2020. On April 9th this year, he dropped his newest single, ICV, which they're describing as their best work yet. And they're going to be featured on the upcoming album of a exceptional artist, Aja, album Crown, which is coming out May 10th. Please give the warmest, queerest welcome to Kezra Leon. Hey, Kezra. Hey, big purr. Kezra Leon, I'm here. Yes, in the house. Yes, I'm big, I'm loud. You can't see me, but just know you feel me. Yeah, well, <laughs> people can probably feel your personality, especially through your music, because your personality is very translated through your music, which I love. Thank you. Uh, everybody Everybody says my music is so aggressive and so powerful, and I'm just like, that's accurate. <laughs> they just can't handle it. Right. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, I just, I rose from my eternal slumber to come speak with you about great things today. He has risen. Because all the girls know that I am the most terrible morning person. Mm. I literally went to bed maybe four hours ago. I mean, show me a drag artist who's not a terrible morning person. Hello. Uh, all the ones that I know, they just, in fact, I just came from a drag show last night. Very safely, I might add. Mm-hmm. And my my friend is passed out as we speak. They had a great performance last night. Okay, work. Hello to your sleeping friend over there. Shout out to Zeal Milan. Yes. Amazing drag. Can you find her out? Yeah. So before we dive in into your music, I would like for our listeners to get to know you a little bit better. So who is Kezra Leon? Where do they come from? Where are they going? All right, bet. Kezra Leon, he's a, a fallen new god from Olympus. He fell down into the, the States and he's just trying to find his way back to his home, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's just a very interesting person. He, he, a lot of things happen in the mind. It's, it's always about art and beauty, but like self-expression and aggression. Mm-hmm. and feeling everything you feel authentically in the moment and then sharing it with everybody in front of you. Period. Where are you located? Uh, well, I, I said that you're in South Florida, but is that where you were born, grew up in? Yes, I currently reside in Tampa, Florida. I'm originally from St. Petersburg, by way of Olympus, of course. Right. And St. Petersburg, <laughs> Florida, not St. Petersburg, Russia. Right. 
Yes, I'm, I'm here. I, you know, I feel like I've been all over the place. I was in St. Petersburg. I lived in New Orleans for a while when I was pursuing, you know, music via school because I was in college for music. Now I'm in Tampa, but, you know, I feel like I've just been everywhere. Mm-hmm. Just trying to like spread the good gospel of Kezolian and just, you know, and the show, because I feel like my best way of connection is when people get to see me mm-hmm. because, like, my music is great. It's fantastic. And then when people see me, it's like the final, like, seal. It's just like everything, like, clicks more because, yeah. like, the music accentuates Situates my personality so like when you see it everything just makes sense and it clicks and it's just the aha moment right i mean as i feel with a lot of um, musicians who also you know use drag and makeup it's it's a visual form you need to see yeah. the whole thing for it to like fully click it's very interesting. It's, you know, very 21st century where everybody uses different mediums. But also, you know, we're in the middle of the pandemic Lovato and you can't really perform live. So how were you able yeah. to navigate that? It's such an interesting experience because a lot of people that I've met on this journey who I hate calling them fans. I know that's the, the, the quote unquote term, but I like to look at them as more than just like a... I feel like a fan puts like a, a weird divide between us. And I don't mm-hmm. really like that because like uh, the people who like have seen me somewhere and then have stuck with me because they see me and they really vibe with what I was giving out. We're so close. Mm-hmm. And we talk, a lot of us, we talk all the time and like navigating this, this Panda Express has been really hard because I, I meet a lot of people and people see me visually. So they, they feel inspired to come up to me. They want to talk to me. And then I can't really perform as much as I did. Right. And so like it's kind of halted my, my outreach. And so now I've been trying my best to navigate a digital space. And, you know, I'm like, of the time, it's really hard because, you know, if you're not, quote unquote, this ideal standard of beauty, or if you're not really selling like sex, right? it's kind of hard to like really cut through the medium. So I'm navigating that space now. And I feel like I've been like doing pretty well. I've, you know, I feel like you said I've caught the attention of Aja. I've caught the attention of like other like bigger artists. So like, you know, I feel like I'm in a great direction, but it is definitely hard. Yeah, it is hard for sure. I mean, it's just hard being artist, period. But especially yeah. when you're trying to be a live artist, because I come from theater background. If before the pandemic, you know, being an, a theater person, people are like, are you sure? Are you absolutely sure? So then, you know, since the pandemic, I had to like completely rethink my entire creative journey, which is why we're, you know, I'm, I have a podcast now, but I totally understand. I love the podcast. I love your, I love the, I, love the, I just love the format of doing podcasts. I've always wanted to do one myself. Yeah. Maybe that'll come up eventually once I get more uh, music off the ground, but I wanted to do a podcast yeah. myself. Yeah. Well, I recommend establish some following so you can afford to pay people to do the podcasting and editing for you because doing it by <laughs> yourself, it's a lot of, it's a lot of work. I can imagine. Yeah. So tell me, how did you get into music? What what was that journey like for you? Well, you know, it, it's, it's weird because I, I feel like music has just been a part of me. You know, I grew up with music. My family, you know, they listen to a lot of the throwbacks, like Earth, Wind of Fire, Michael Jackson, with Houston, Mariah Carey, Prince, the Isley Brothers. Like, it's a plethora of, like, funk, hip-hop, soul, mm-hmm. just happening all the time around me. And I wanted this life for the longest I can remember. It was never, I didn't do this to ride a wave. I know hip-hop is, like, the most, like, listened to genre of the time right now. But, like, I, ne- I never got into this thinking, I'm doing it just for like clout. Well, I did it because it's like my love and passion. However, when I started, I wanted to be a singer. When I was like much younger, I used to stop everybody in the room to make listen to me sing. I wanted, I told everybody I wanted to be an opera singer. And then I, oh, wow. stopped, 
I know it's so random, right? Like I used to like stop and like do like arias for my parents. I don't know why, but like I wanted to be a singer, and I didn't feel like as I got older that I had like the natural born gift for it. So I kind of talked myself out of it. And then what ended up happening was I went to school for theater because I liked acting as well. I got into acting because a lot of mm-hmm. people acting and sing when I was younger. I side note, let's pull over. I really hate that people will actively tell a kid you're not good at something as opposed to nurturing it and helping them succeed at it. Period. Period. Because who knows where I could have been if people actually embraced me when I was younger and I would have gotten started on this journey younger when I had people believing me before I had to fight to believe in myself. But that's another story. Another topic. But yeah, I got into um, acting and then I just couldn't leave the call of music. I wanted to do it and I found out I was really good at writing and poetry and so that eventually translated into rapping and then I just got really good at rapping, you know? It worked out. I like to think so. And and now I've even gotten better with singing. So like maybe the girls will hear me, you know, vocalize on some tracks. <laughs> right. I mean, it's all, it's all a skill. You just have to learn. Plus, you know, there's so many recording artists out there who can't sing for their life yeah. and it doesn't stop them so at all so you know it's the best time for me to do it yeah so you released your first single in 2020 yeah so i had this like run of like doing a i had like a mixtape run as we like to call it mm-hmm. and in 2019 i, I kind of just like chucking out freestyles every minute like i did the Santiana remix i did just remix to like a bunch of like the, i did the megatron challenge when that happened i did like a bunch of just remakes that you're like running out and then people were just like we know that you're a great lyricist and we know that you write really well but we want to hear you speak from organically your perspective and mm. so i released big mad which was my first song that i released you to pick me but i ain't gonna pick any bitches mad bitches mad big mad bitches mad bitches mad big mad bitches mad bitches mad big mad bitches mad bitches mad and that came out in March. It came out around this time last year, March last year. Happy anniversary. Yes, it was the one year anniversary a week or two ago, the 30th. And it was just one of my favorite songs. I feel like it was a really good indication of how I viewed things and just like my energy, like just like my raw passion when it comes to rap. It was mm-hmm. my favorite song up until ICV. Mm-hmm. ICV in my eyes. ICV is your most recent song. Yes, it's the most recent one to date. It came after Crown Me. I think it hits all the marks perfectly. I feel like it's futuristic. Not as a throwback, but futuristic. I feel like it's aggressive and lyrical, but still catchy. It's still danceable. Like, it's just, it's such, it just hits all the marks for me. Mm-hmm. And everybody I've played it for has unanimously agreed that of all the songs that I put out, including mixtapes and everything, this is the most Kezrilian song that you could have gotten as of right now. I'm going to topic, but I'm, I top everything I do. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Listen, it's Wiki Keen. Pun intended. Yeah, <laughs> I thought top everything. But, Ooh. right. <laughs> but this song, as of right now, is the best song that I put out today. Until I put out my next one and then I top this one, this one is it. I love right. this song so much. I'm obsessed with it. Right. Because it's only going up. And she really said she's a dumb top. <laughs> so, educate me. What does ICV mean? What is this song about? ICV. It actually stands for I Chose Violence. Okay, you woke up and chose violence. Because when I wrote the song, I, I felt like I had to just things off my chest. Because it's so funny how that song came about. Because I wasn't, when I created the song, I had no direction for the song. 
I mean, I just remember I was working one day and I was just in this mood for like older Missy Elliott music. Mm. And so like I kept getting stuck on two songs. It was She's a Bitch and Hot Boys, which are two of my favorite Missy Elliott songs. Classics. So like I just kept I just like kept getting into that mode. I was like, I want a song like this older Missy Elliott, Timbaland, like Aaliyah mm. vibe. And so like I hit my engineer, Marcus Saint. Shout out to oh not my engineer, sorry, my producer, Marcus Saint talented kid he made this song and crown me so shout out to him mm-hmm. but i hit him up one day and i was like hey i just want to go for this like feel of like missy elliott but i still want it to be like a futuristic take on it but then like also have like this like beat switch at the end so i can really go in at the very end of the song so like you know i hit him up with that and then when i got the song i was unable to write to it and i, so I kind of put it away for a second while i was working on crown me and then some events happened and i just woke up one day and i was like i need to i need to choose violence i need to say what i need to say and let these hoes know what time it is. All right. Do you want to share what those events were? You want to spill some tea? It's just uh, one thing in particular that really bothered me was that I found out that this person, who's not even an artist by any means, he's not an artist, he's actually, I don't say nobody, that's true, but he was just not somebody who was in the creative space. Mm-hmm. He was just an onlooker. And I found out through a friend, well, I wouldn't say friend because this person allowed them to speak ill on me in the first place, but they played him some of my music, and while they were playing him music, he just was, like, attacking me the whole time, just saying really negative things, just saying, like, oh, you know, he's cute, but he's not Nicki Minaj, he's not this girl, and I'm just like, well, the fuck? Of course I'm not Nicki Minaj, I'm Kezulian, and I'm just like, Period. so I heard all of this, and I just was like, the nerve of this Marshall's wearing... <laughs> Penny Loafer. I go to the, the everyday bar, the pinnacle of my Thursday every week, the pinnacle of my week as dude to speak ill of me. Because who are you? Because I guarantee you, everybody knows who I am, but they don't know who you are. Right. But see, I never like to be that kind of person who's like, oh, but who are you? I feel like that's such a weird, like, mm-hmm. I think too high with myself. But objectively speaking, that's the case. I was just right. like, how dare you? And so, like, I just had like this, like this huge plethora of feelings. So one day I just started, like, writing them all down. And I was just, like, speaking ill of me you must have lost it man my flow is so tight like a corset bullshit i don't need you bitches endorsement trying to out rap me niggas get exhausted period <laughs> period and so i was just like how dare you speak ill of me like you must have lost it you must have lost mm-hmm. your minuscule mind to think that you could speak ill of me and yeah so that's where i i chose violence game it was that it was also just you know me feeling like I didn't really have a place in the gay rap space sometimes. I felt like right. people were just like not really valuing my, my rap capabilities. And I was just like, my flow is still tight, yeah. like a corset. And just like, mm. the, the thing, the thing that anybody can out rap me, a joke. You get tired. Yeah. So I was, just, I was really, I was really feeling myself. I was really talking that shit. And that's why I feel like it's the most Kezulian song because Kezulian is, is an aggressive force. It's a, a force that you really can't stand in the way of because you'll just get trampled. Hurricane Kezra. Period. You know, when I was first listening to your music, your flow is what I noticed because, I mean, first of all, I can understand what you're rapping, which is kind of rare because a lot, you know, with the trends in modern hip hop, it's all mumble rap. It's like when I listen right. to, well, you know, Lil Baby or Future or The Baby, I'm like, the beats are sick. I have no idea what they're saying because it's just like, it's unpronounceable. But your flow really has that classic, like Missy Elliott, like early 2000s throwback, which is why I found it so refreshing because even though it's nostalgic, it does have like a certain modern day polish to it. And combined with the 
house music and amazing production. It took me a couple of listens to really get into it to understand your essence, but really congratulations on a great song. Thank you. It's um, a long time coming. I'm just really proud of it. I ha I've been sitting on this song maybe since uh, October of last year, conceptually, oh, wow. and then a lot of things happened. Like, I already had, like, a recorded, but a lot of things happened in my life. I had to, like, find new places to record. I had to find a new team, basically, because a lot of things shifted. Mm -hmm. And then I finally was able to find a new um, engineer that just worked better for the situation I was currently in. We got to work, and then that's how this one came out, and I just, I loved it. Right, right. And, you know, we had we had a new president ever since you conceived the song. So, yeah, a lot of things have changed. Yeah, last year was such a... We didn't know what was happening. Right. And there were so many moments where you wanted to put out something and then, like, you felt like you couldn't put out something because something more pressing was happening in, in the world. And that's why, like, my last right. song, Promny, came out so late because, like, Promny was supposed to come out in, like the summertime and then what happened it was the black lives matter movement started happening and then people were like protesting and getting attacked and shot at and it was like it felt like it just wasn't the time to right. make something about myself and music and it's not that i couldn't make a song to speak on the subject matter i just as a black man in america seeing people get attacked for saying that my life matters right it really weighs heavy on you and it really makes you feel like you couldn't do anything because there was a week straight where I couldn't wake up and look at my phone and feel no peace because every time I woke up and looked at my phone, I saw more news about somebody getting shot or the, may he rest in peace, the poor child who I think either got hung or got, he got killed in New York somewhere during a protest. And I was just like, it's stuff like that that makes you just really, it's hard to process and my first thought wasn't go make a song because if that felt like I was, it would have, it felt like if I would have did that, it felt like I was going to try to capitalize on the situation monetarily in a way that I didn't need to. I felt like that wasn't the time for that. Right. And a lot of people are like, you should use your voice, but I'm just like, it, I feel like that would be self-serving. And like, yes, it could be like out of voice, which I do think is important. But for me at the time, I felt like it was self-serving. I felt like the only thing that mattered was like voicing your opinions, getting people to like protest and like voting to make change. And me putting out a single that was like, oh yes. Also my single, this, I thought that would have been self-serving and inappropriate for the time. I feel you. Even though that didn't stop a lot of artists, you know, Beyonce released Black Parade, Anderson Park released Lockdown, her released I Can't Breathe. There was a lot of really good no, protest and, music. And it was really good. And like I said, and I definitely don't think that, I don't, my sentiment about myself not feeling like it was the right time, mm. I don't feel like everybody else, those, they made songs for that moment. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. And it was appreciated. I felt like for myself, I wasn't in a headspace to create something as profound as I wanted to and then promote it and it be received the way that I would have wanted it to be received, you know, yeah. at the time for me personally. Right. But like, you know, shout out to all the other, other artists who were able to create uplifting music to do so because it was definitely needed. And even the artists who didn't like make songs specifically about it, it was still needed because it helped you escape. I just, I unfortunately felt victim to not feeling strong enough and not feeling centered enough to like create art at that time mm -hmm. i understand were you still able to channel maybe some of that emotion in your later releases because it feels like you know when you, when you go with a song that's called i choose violence it's very hard not to think about you know your experience being a queer person of color in america in such a tense moment I, that's why I think another reason I like I Chose Violence, I felt like it was therapeutic. I felt like, mm. even though it's not directly reflecting the situation that was happening a few months ago, which shout out to, you know, 
Black lives matter, black lives still matter, black trans lives still matter. It doesn't end just because of President Chan, we still gotta keep fighting for that. Right. But I felt like it was cathartic and it was, it was therapeutic because I was able to like, even though the subject matter was very personal to me, I felt like I was able to like take every single feeling, every single like moment of like anger and, and frustration and put it out into like this like really aggressive trap. But in a healthier way instead of like doing something not healthy and either self hurting myself or something that might have like hurt others around me. Right. So yeah, it was definitely a good therapeutic moment for me. Yeah. I mean, you know, music is the reflective of the times, you know, when people say like artists should still do art. I'm like, art is political, you know, art is a reflection of society and you know, even like last year when WAP came out, people were like criticizing, like, why are they releasing this song in the middle of all of this? But like, first of all, people need an escape. Right. Second of all, I think WAP is an incredibly political song. You know, it's all about the power of the pussy and reclaiming right. women to have control over their own bodies and their own sexualities, which, you know, kind of extends to everybody because it's like, it's you can have like a metaphorical WAP. Also, you can be like, is it wet ass pussy or wet ass pussy you know it's like depending on what hole you're gifted with love that <laughs> a wet ass pussy my favorite. yeah and listen as a fellow top the amount of times these boys be like daddy you like this wet pussy and i'm like yeah you know what i mean like power to you babe <laughs> like yeah i love that shit <laughs> love that shit i know we have been talking for a while so let's take a little break I want to talk to you about your collaboration with Aja. Yes. Aja is a, an amazing artist. I listened to their music even before they quit drag, and I actually think that their music became more authentic ever since they, you know, started doing the music that they like. I definitely agree. And the new album, which I heard some of the parts when i was listening to it your songs you, you have one or two songs on it i'm just on the song with the window one day yes i think that your style your aggressive bold unapologetic forceful style really fits the theme of the album because this Aja's album is 100 straight up trap is it? It's not like little drag race fans appeasing music. It's very forceful. It's very aggressive. It's very, very reflective of where Asha is at the moment. So tell me a little bit, how did that collaboration came about? Because I understand it was during quarantine. You didn't meet in person. No, I have, you know, so it's so funny. I've actually, I met a lot of the drag race girls, but I actually have not met Asha in person well, I've seen them live, but I've never got a chance to actually meet them. And because, well, first of all, shout out to them. I haven't actually heard the album and I haven't heard the song we have together. I know, I just know, I know my part and I, I don't know how it sounded in the finished product. And so like, I'm, I'm just excited to hear it as everybody else. So like, I mean, <laughs> I'm ecstatic. As far as the Aja, I'm proud of them because you're right. I feel like once they became more authentically, you know, they, I feel, I feel like they found a space where they were like, this isn't about drag race. This isn't about these fans and not to say that we're excluding those fans but it's not to i'm not doing this in order to cater i'm doing this to be authentic and mm -hmm. if you like it come in and then if you don't unfortunately you know you may have to get off the ride and so like i'm really proud of that i'm really proud of them because we were, we were talking about it. i was just like uh, i think it was the last song 21 roads and i was like i'm so proud of you because i feel like you can feel the passion you can feel 
the drive. It's like all of a sudden now there's this desire to prove I am an artist and it shows in the music because I feel like a lot of people didn't see them as an artist. They just saw a drag girl who was doing, you know, music here and there. And I can always come off really not great all the time, especially to like a lot of the drag queens. They're not necessarily the most musically inclined. Right. And they come out with a very clubby, pandering song. And so, like, you kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. But this, like, what I've heard so far feels like it came from an artist. It feels like somebody who wants to be taken seriously. I can relate to that. And in terms of how it came together, actually, one day, Aja tweeted, what gay rapper should I put on my album? Tag them. And I didn't even see the tweet. One of my friends saw the tweet and tagged me and just, like, kept tagging me. And I was just like, what's going on? And she was like, oh, wow. And so I sent them to my friend. I said, hey, go tag me. So I think I got the most tags under that post. And then um, I also happened to know somebody who knew them directly. And so mm-hmm. I checked for text to the other person. I was like, hey. So, like, don't tell them to do it but like i saw that they were looking for gay rappers if you mm-hmm. want to just go ahead and like float them my music and if they like it they like it kind of thing and they're like yeah i'll, I'll send them your on your spotify and i'm like okay man and so i just waited and then like not too long after Aja followed me so i'm like i really don't know what the direct cause of it right. was on their side i know from my side a bunch of people tagged me and then somebody that knew them personally texted them and was like hey so like i don't know which one they saw first but either way they followed me and i kind of waited i was like are they gonna write me mm-hmm. and so like i was scared so like i didn't know what to do so i'm like you know what don't even question it take what you want and so i wrote them directly i was like hey i see you followed me i said that you were talking about needing rappers i would be more than happy to lend my services if you find our uh skill sets aligned right now and they were all like right. um they basically were all about it and it was just like they complimented me on my music they said that you can really rap and i was just really thankful to have somebody be so gracious and nice to be like to like, compliment me because like a lot of times as an artist you you even though you love your work you want outside opinion and you hope other people like it and see what you were trying to go for so like to have somebody be so complimentary and just be so like you know all about it and all about working together i was so thankful and happy because let's like face it i was just pretty big relatively famous and and they were so open and kind about it. And I don't even get that from other gay rappers who aren't on that right. type of level. You know what I mean? Like, so it was just a breath of fresh air. And I'm really happy that the first person to trust me with a feature was somebody of that caliber because right. I'm all about collaboration and I feel like I don't necessarily get that same feedback or that same thing reciprocated towards me. And I'm not necessarily sure people don't necessarily believe that I'm talented enough. Mm. And that's another reason why I wanted to release ICB because I felt like it was such a good display of my skills that while still being catchy and so like i was really proud of that and so like i'm just really happy that aja felt that before i even put that song out yeah they felt confident in my ability to come on the track and serve with them so i'm really excited about yeah i'm really excited for the world to listen to the album because it's great and that song is particularly great aja is you know i live in new york i know a lot of drag queens i've you know i've met um, a lot of drag queens i've never met anybody who is as giving and maternal as aja and aja is big you know, they're one of the biggest people who came out of Drag Race franchise, but yeah. also were able to create their own artistry separate from the franchise of Drag Race. And Aja is very interested in giving back to the community, being maternal, being friendly, highlighting other voices. And it's really beautiful. And I'm really happy that they do do that because I wish that more queer artists would do that as opposed to, you know, gatekeeping 
Yeah, it's rather unfortunate because the gay rappers kind of fall into that same pitfall as what they try to place on like women rappers or female rappers. Mm -hmm. It's like this weird, like there can only be one and there can only be this person. And, you know, and then like, I feel like, I think the problem is a lot of people are, as much as they want to try to portray it in their music, they're not confident in their ability. And this is just me speaking my own thoughts. I don't know this factually, Mm -hmm. but my perception of it is a lot of people are scared to showcase other talent and, and fear that it can take away from what they do. Right. Aja had that problem. You know, when they were on Drag Race, they had to whitewash a lot of their art that they were presenting and fear that, you know, the broader audiences wouldn't understand it or like it because racism and other things. Yeah, so it's like this whole weird thing of like, you're being attacked from all sides because you have the gay rappers who are like crabs in a bucket who don't want you to necessarily like be better than them and then you have Mm -hmm. trying to cross over into mainstream and and a straight culture and then hopefully they'll accept you and not think you're too gay and not think you're too abrasive to the heteronormative like lifestyle. Then there's me who I feel abrasive on both fronts because when it comes to gay rappers, I don't necessarily fit into like what they're all doing because a lot mm-hmm. of them are all kind of following this a very similar motif in terms of style. Like they all kind of give like one thing, whereas I don't give the same thing they give, mm-hmm. especially visually. And then on top of that, I'm so visually jarring and <laughs> abrasive in a way. So like it's hard for me to like, you know, exist in straight functions too. Yeah. Because they're like, they just think I'm a drag queen. I'm like, I'm not a drag queen because I don't, I'm not female presenting and I'm not, right. I'm not giving an illusion in any type of form. I'm more of a, a gender-defying creature. Right. So it's, it's, it's a very weird space for me. Right. Well, that's a perfect segue into what I actually wanted to talk about because queer artists, and I identify as a queer artist myself, we're always kind of taught what we have to do in order to be accepted by the world. We can't be too this, we can't be too radical. It's like, if you want to enter the mainstream, you have to do this and this and that. But now we have Lil Nas X who literally said, fuck all of your conventions, fuck all of your rules. And I'm personally very proud of him because when Old Time Road came out, everybody was very quick to dismiss him because they said, oh, he's going to be a one hit wonder. There is no way he can come back from such success, even though what he did is revolutionary. He combined hip hop and country, two genres that are notoriously homophobic. And he blended them into one and created the biggest chart hit of all time. And now he came out with Montero, which is everywhere. Controversial for the reasons because it's queer excellence. I love that song a lot. Yeah. It's so weird because, you know, and I want to make sure I articulate this correctly because I don't want to sound like I'm I'm speaking ill of him. But I, too, was not sure where he was going to go. But that's only because we haven't seen it before. We've never seen somebody, a queer person of color, and then a queer black person of color in hip-hop come in and then be overt and succeed. And I really was, I was, not that I thought less of him, I was just fearful for him. Because I was just like, what are they going to try to do to get him out of here? Because I feel like they let Old Town Rose slide because they didn't know he was gay. Yeah, he came out after the song was already number one. Right. So I was just like, which was smart on him because he's already got, he already had the diamond success. So I was like, you can't really take anything away from him. Right. And now, and because he already had the diamond success, the labels are going to give him whatever he wants in right. hopes that he can create it again. Well, he's probably going to do with Montero. Montero. Yeah. Maybe not as much as Old Town Rose because Montero is so very like sexual or like aggressive in terms of the gay. But like, they already are like going to give him as much money as they can to like keep getting him number one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, like once you are proven that you can do it, they're like, take whatever you need to do it again. 
Right. And so, like, and he already got another number one with Montero. So, like, he's going to keep striving. It's so crazy to see it, and I'm proud of him because we didn't know what was going to happen with him. We were just scared. We just wanted him to succeed and to watch him actually succeed. I don't know how he did it, but, like, I'm so happy that he made it because yeah. he represents so many people. And if I would have had something like that when I was younger, mm-hmm. who knows where I could have been at? Who yeah. knows where I could have been at? You know, in high school, going into 19, I could have probably been a whole different person. I could have been Kezulian at 19 instead of Kezulian at the age I am now. Which, <laughs> just nobody. I mean, listen, if, if somebody like that was, when I was growing up, it would have saved me a lot of therapy. It would have saved me a lot uh, of so, mental health. It's so weird because you watch these kids now and you're just like, you don't want to be envious of them because you're just like, I wish I was able to live in my shoes so early on. Right. Because I feel like a lot of us are, unfortunately, we're like, we left our truth late. And so we, let me just say asterisk, I'm not old, like that old. So like, I don't want to sound like I'm like 50 or something. But like, you know, obviously I'm not 16. I'm not like 17. So right. like, I didn't get to live in my truth until like I was in my 18 to 20s and yeah. still working and still like finding myself because we were cycled in high school so we didn't get to live that life yeah I'm envious but like I'm also just really happy for them because right. they'll never have to experience what we had to go through yeah in that capacity they might still have their own trials and tribulations not to take away from them but they will not be able to like live in the truth and see representation that matters and I'm hoping that one day I will get up that I'll be my own brand of representation mm-hmm. because I love Little Nas X but you know who I might represent might be different than who he represents right and we need all types of queer voices at the top right because the problem was that is that you know if we only have one representation of queer black hip-hop artists then in the eyes of the mainstream that's the monolith that's the only representation and then people think that everybody else is like that which is obviously not the case right because i love the nasdaq but like and i love his music but what he does sonically and what he does visually is different than what i do yeah and so i want to showcase what i can do too because if i had that kind of budget it would be insane what i could produce right well hopefully sometime soon yeah a part of me like secretly hopes the odds of future comes out and like tomorrow like the next day i have like like 10k followers out of nowhere and i'm like yeah well you're not just on a song with aja but we're also with widow so you know yes. more exposure didn't know that either <laughs> so i don't know if you know the backstory of like monster with nikki she was like oh yeah i did a song with kanye west and then out of nowhere jay-z's on the track and it's like oh right cool and so like that that's what it feels like and she still ate it up her verse is better than everybody else's on that song yeah like so like i know that i put in my uh some excellence on the track and i i, I she gave me 30 seconds and i'm like i'm gonna eat these 30 seconds alive because <laughs> like I, I took it as a challenge but i wanted a longer verse i thought it was just gonna be me and them mm-hmm. i thought it was just gonna be us and i wanted to have a whole like minute verse like really snap right but then they were like oh no do these 30 seconds because we have another person on track too i'm like okay cool i took it as a challenge I'm like how can i give the most concise hard-hitting memorable verse but in 30 seconds and like basically like 16 bars so like i yeah. i felt like i did that and then some so i'm really excited to hear it period you ate it up swallowed it whole licked the plate and put it in dishwasher i'm ready to have my nikki monster moment. <laughs> <laughs> well that makes me even more excited for the world to hear it So we talked about all the bullshit of last year. We talked about all the struggles that queer musicians are facing in music to fight for their authenticity. So what gives you hope, Kezra Leon? Like, what is something that motivates you and drives you and helps you get out of bed in the morning? 
a big fat ass. Period. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Same. Um, I mean that too. But what gives me hope is <laughs> what gives me hope is accomplishing. Like I don't know if Aja realizes what this one little act of kindness has done for me. Mm-hmm. Because it just gave me this hope to realize that I'm on the right path and I'm doing what I need to do in this world because I feel like this is my path and I feel like I'm going to be big one day. I feel like I'm going to have my old time Roma moment. I'm going to have my Montero moment. And I feel like they have not came when I wanted it to. But looking back, I'm thankful because if I would have gotten into the spotlight when I wanted to. Right. I don't think my aesthetic, my look, my sound, my thought process would have been as good as it is where I am now. So right. I'm thankful for the come up that I'm working on because I feel like I feel like I'm where I need to be in this moment. Yeah. And so this moment gives me hope because I feel like it's going to open up a lot more doors. I'm hoping that people are going to hear and they're going to like, you know, flock to me. And then like, it's also just a really good thing to have on the resume because the more I accomplish, the more I get more excited to tell people about what I do because there used to be a time where you like, I would say, oh, I'm a rapper. And they're like, oh, okay. And I would show you I'm like, oh, here's my SoundCloud. And then everybody would like, look at you like, oh, he's just a SoundCloud rapper. He's right. just uh, whatever. But look where those SoundCloud rappers are now. It's so funny because people don't ever think about or respect the process yeah. because Nicki started from mixtapes. Lil yeah. Wayne was doing mixtapes. Lil Nas X was pushing his song on SoundCloud before he hit Diamond. Yeah. Mariah Carey wasn't Mariah Carey the entire time. Like, right. so nobody ever respects the process. They respect you when you're there. Yeah. And so it's just fine. But like now, when I say, oh, I'm an artist, I can pull up my resume and say, here's my website. Here's my Spotify. Look at these shows that I did with Cupcake, Big Frida, Mark Ribley. Look at this song that I featured on with Aja. It definitely helps in terms of when you're trying to book shows and you're trying to like gain more things or stuff, you can pull out these accomplishments and people can like, oh, he's serious. He's a working artist. He's a serious artist. Yeah. And that's why I thrive off of because, like, it keeps pushing more doors. So now that, like, after I do this, I can probably get more things accomplished because people are going to take me even more seriously because I've got a celebrity's eye. You know what I mean? So, like, what gives me hope is small successes that turn into bigger successes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Thank you for that beautiful answer. Unfortunately, I just got a notification from New York Times that DMX has just passed away. Wow. Yeah. How do you feel? It's, I know he was, he was battling with a lot of different things. And I, I'm really sad to hear that we lost a legend who probably wasn't even getting enough flowers that he should have gotten because everybody knew DMX. Everyone knew a DMX song. Everybody, when a, when a DMX song played, you knew it was a DMX song. And his his energy would never be duplicated, never be matched. Um, so we lost a great one today. And it's just, it's, it's, it's another thing that's about me getting older and coming into my own artistry that's really sad that nobody ever talks about. Because you start seeing people that you felt so inspiration, so much inspiration by and so much, you know, movement by, you start seeing these negative things happen to them, like, you know, losing their life or the downfall of their careers or like just stuff that happens. You're just like, these were titans when I was a child. Yeah. Like we were, these were like the standard. And now we just, I see them suffering turmoil and it makes me sad because it's just like you even though i've never met this person before it's just sad to hear somebody that touched my life be gone so may he rest in peace may he rest in peace 
I do hope that his family is okay, and I hope that we can start practicing giving our artists their flowers while they're alive. Yeah, yeah. May he rest in peace. May he rest in peace. He was a he, he was a great artist, a great inspiration, a true pioneer. Yeah, today's a Prince Philip also died this morning, but you know she was really old anyway. Well, you know racism. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Lol. Well, thank you so much, Kezra, for uh, being a guest on Let's Talk. Thank you for having me. You know, I love talking. I love the Kiki. Yeah. Shout out to you. Thank you so much for uh, reaching out to me to do this. And again, that one small act of kindness led me here. And who knows what this small act of kindness is going to do? Because you know, you're in New York, and you know, I'm hoping now that I can start getting more coverage in New York. I'm trying to make it up to New York so I can start networking and meeting people there. So if you hear this podcast and you hear about me while you're listening in New York, wherever you hear me from. Go ahead and follow me on all the social media platforms under Kezra Leon, Instagram, SoundCloud, Twitter, TikTok. You can also go to my website, KezraLeon.com. ICV merch dropping very soon. Period. Believe that. Period. Love that. Oh my God. I can sense a lot of a lot of great things coming for you. ICV out now. <laughs> yep. ICV out now, available on Spotify, Apple Music, everywhere you listen to fine music. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure having you. And you can follow me at Maxim underscore Fab, as well as the podcast at Let's Talk underscore podcast on Instagram and Maxim underscore Let's Talk on TikTok. I've been trying. Give me some love. Hello. Um, yes, give us all love. Give us a little act of kindness. Support queer artists. And to all of our listeners, please wear a mask. Please wash your hands. Please wash your genitalia because sometimes that shit stinks. We don't need to smell that. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, sometimes sometimes it just needs to be said. And again, shout out to Aja the Queen. New album dropping May twenty first. Crown. Specifically track 18, Black Ariel, featuring me, Kenzo Leon. Period. Period. So, you were listening to Let's Talk. Thank you so much, and I will see you next time. Bye-bye. Sure. Period. Let's talk.